0: All right, so thank you so much for being here with us. Go in your Bible. I'm gonna be reading from Isaiah today if you wanna open up your Bible. I've given you notes in the worship folder we gave you. You can pull that out and kind of keep along, uh, keep up with us. And we're talking about peace on earth even in 2020. You know, it seems like in 2020, what we need the most is peace and what we've gotten the least is peace. But the Bible, I pointed this out last week, that the Bible's actually written in harsh times and for harsh times. What really bothers me right now is a lot of people. This is true. I've read a lot of data. We're, we're into this pandemic long enough. That we've got a lot of studies that have been done about faith and people's exercise of, of their faith. And what people are doing right now is they're kind of putting church and worship. And I don't just mean physically, even online, like they're putting their faith kind of on a shelf. And what they're saying is I've got this going on. I've got to make sure I get school right. I've got to make sure my job, it's a hybrid kind of work schedule. I've got to get my finances in order and all this stuff. And I'll come back to God or I'll come back to church or I'll come back to the faith when all that settles down. When actually the most important time to engage God is in the worst seasons of your life. Now y'all are going to have to help me and let me hear an amen. It's not the time. This is not the time to withdraw This is the time to engage. In fact, the the, the scriptures were written, especially for times like this, the angel who said peace on earth, announcing the birth of Jesus, right? When the angel was talking about peace, there was a king trying to kill baby Jesus at that time. Can't get any more harsh than that, right? And when that baby Jesus grew up and when he was preaching about peace, why he was only days away from going to the cross to be murdered and, and crucified in a horrible way. Can't get any harsher than that. Today we're going to read from the words of Paul, and when Paul is talking about peace, he's in a prison on trial for preaching Jesus, and he is beheaded because of it. So, so really, this is not a time to back away from these words. This is a time to embrace these words. Paul would often say when he started his letters, he would say, grace and peace be unto you. Everybody say that, grace and peace. Grace and peace. Oh, those are really important words, grace and peace. Like He was saying that's more important than maybe grace and power. Power is important, but not as important as peace, right? He didn't say grace and piles of money, right? How many would take grace and piles of money if God were giving it right now? Go ahead. I, mean, I would take me some piles of money and grace. But uh, but somehow God says that's not as important as grace and peace. That, that, that grace and peace are more important than than, than grace and, and riches and grace and power. And, and and what's happening right now for a lot of us, though, is instead of grace and peace, we've got anxiety and pressure or, or fear and, and financial problems and, and, and maybe we've got family needs. You know, I talked about last week that two things you ought to be doing in this season is to give yourself a break and give somebody else a break because 2020 has been hard and people have made mistakes and people are under pressure and people have said things they wish they hadn't said. You know, maybe some of those things that have been done and said have created family pressures and issues for you at work or issues in your personal life and things like bitterness and maybe even unforgiveness. All those things contribute to a, a feeling in your life that is turmoil when God wants you to have peace. In fact, you know, there's been a lot of talk about science lately. Everybody's into science now. I'm going to follow the science. We're gonna, that's good. I'm all about the science too. But I really love science when science figures out that God was right all along. That's my favorite part about science. Like God says something and 3000 years later, science goes, we found out something and it turned out to be what God said. I love that when that happens. I'm going to show you one of those today. Gallup uh, does a poll every year on mental health, asking people how they're doing mentally. And this year, everybody's doing worse mentally. I don't know that you needed to spend a million dollars to poll people to find that out, right? (laughs) Everybody's kind of freaking out, and and it's across the board. Like they ask all these questions to identify who you are and pick apart who is you know it's got more peace and who's got less peace. But males and females. Republican, Democrat, independent, white, non white, married, non married, literally every age group more stressed out this year. Every income class. In fact, I read the whole study. The people who have more money in 2020 have less peace in their life. I got a whole sermon about that. Stay tuned, all right? I'll get back to that, but there was one category out of all the people polled that are actually feeling more peaceful in 2020 than they were in 2019, and guess what? The one thing they all had in common, it wasn't their age, it wasn't where they lived, it wasn't their socioeconomic background, it was one thing. It was the people who go to church every week. Isn't that amazing? The science figured it out. (laughs) The very thing that God said in his Bible, in Isaiah 26 and 3, God says, I'll keep you in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. If you trust in him and if your thoughts are fixed on him, that's what God said. Perfect peace in the most imperfect time with the greatest chaos you can imagine. God says, if you will fix your eyes, everybody say fix It's really important. That's like nail it to something, attach it to something, or focus on something. If you will fix your eyes, don't be distracted. Well, the economy's doing this. Man, jobs are doing that. The health care is over here. Science is saying this. The politics are this. God says, no, no. While you got to live with all that and you got to interact with all that, you need to fix your eyes on me. And when you fix your eyes on me, I'm going to give you perfect peace. Think about that, perfect peace. If I'm honest with you, I'm more familiar with imperfect peace than perfect peace. Temporary peace than perfect peace. Like, like imperfect peace is like everything went good for me. Woohoo, peace. You know. I, I went out to buy my kids Christmas. It was all marked down. It was on sale. Woohoo, peace of God. Hashtag peace of God. God's favorite. You know, like stuff like that is real easy. Uh, something went wrong in my life. I prayed for it. God flipped it over. It all went right. Woo-hoo, peace of God. You know, hashtag God's favorite. Those are the kinds of peace that I'm more familiar with. But what about when you pray for peace or you pray for something to get better and it doesn't get better? In fact, have you ever prayed for something that's messed up or you need a miracle in your life and it didn't get better? It actually got worse. Do you have peace when that happens? Because it would occur to me that that maybe is what Jesus was talking about, or what Isaiah and later we'll read from Jesus was talking about when they talked about a different kind of peace. That word is actually a Hebrew word, shalom. Everybody say shalom. shalom. Now you're a Jew. You say, you say shalom. That's how the Jews greet each other. Coming and going, shalom. And, and, and that word literally means wholeness, completeness, or fullness of peace. So God says, I'm going to give wholeness and fullness of peace if you'll focus on me. In fact, if we were reading the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament in its original language, and we can't do that, it actually doesn't say God's going to give you shalom. It actually says God's going to give you shalom, shalom. It says it twice. It's so good. It's it's like God just saying, I'm going to give you complete and total peace plus complete and total peace. How many of you need double portion of peace in 2020? right? God is like, I knew it. That's why I wrote it. That's why I promised it. That's why I put it in right here that you wouldn't just have peace that that I would give you peace. And then the, can I just say it? It's the last service. The crap would hit the fan. And then I give you some more peace. That's what God is saying. Like a double portion of peace. You get all revved up. You trust in me. Junk has already happened in your life, and you go, that's all right. I got the peace of God. You take one step out into the world, and a semi-truck runs you over. And God goes, that's why I gave you shalom, shalom. I gave you a double portion of peace. It's not always going to work out. You're going to get your head wrapped around it, and you're going to feel like you've got peace. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't happen. I'm going to give you peace in spite of it all. And some of you are going like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Clearly, I'm doing church wrong. I'm doing God wrong because I don't have that. And here's something I want you to know. I'm going to give you two major points to write down. Here's the first one. Peace doesn't come in the absence of problems. Peace comes in the presence of God. Peace is not that it's all going right for me. Peace is not that everything feels good and I'm optimistic about my future. Peace is the fact that God is close to me. You might be thinking to yourself, listen, peace is fine for you. You probably got it all going together. but, But Jerry, my life's a mess. My family's a mess, you know? I got a kid on drugs. We got a porn problem under my roof or something. You know, I just lost someone that I love very dearly, and, and, and that's what my life looks like. But there is a place in God to experience peace no matter what is happening around you. I need somebody to help me out today. Amen. There's a place you can go. There's a place that is beyond what you understand or what you even feel. How do I experience peace? I'm going to show you how today. Watch this. It begins not in your circumstances, but it begins in your mind. Look at that verse again. God says, I'm going to keep in perfect peace those who trust me and whose thoughts, everybody say thoughts. Thoughts are fixed on God. You see, there's no peace if your thoughts are fixed on the news. No peace in that. None whatsoever. If your thoughts are fixed on politics, there is no peace. I got news for you. If your guy had won by a landslide, there would still be no peace if your thoughts are fixed on politics. Amen, preacher. Preach it on to them. I know they're looking at you funny. You just keep preaching the way you preach it. I just preach. I do my amen and I'll do my preaching. It's going to take twice as long. If you're down for that, I got nowhere else to be. I'm kind of like an energizer bunny. You know, I can go and go and go, but you got to crank the little thing. And the way you crank me up is a little amen. Let's practice. There you go. I feel it, man. I'm going fast now. We're going to get out of here. Let's go. There's a peace that doesn't come uh, by your circumstances. And it only happens when you fix your eyes on Jesus. What are your eyes? Here's a test for you. When you don't have anything to do, And that's not a lot of time. But when you're not engaged in some work thing and and you've got sort of free space, where does your mind go? Because that's what you're fixed on. Does your mind go back to politics? Does your mind go back to to social media and how many likes you got or that argument that you're in the middle of with somebody? Is, Is that where your mind goes? Because that's what you're focused on. But if your mind goes to where's God taking me? What's God going to do in my future? What about that promise of God that he's spoken to my life? What is the purpose that I have? Why am I on this earth? And I promise you, it's not to argue with that guy, you know? If your mind is focused on, you know, that crazy guy that's driving you crazy on social media, can I give you some advice? Block him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Be free in Jesus' name. You know, you don't have to keep talking to ignorant people, okay? Or... Be ignorant people. You don't have to do either one of those things, okay? Move on from that. And, and here's an exercise for you that produces peace. Watch this, Philippians 4 and 8. Fix, there's the word again. Come on, everybody say fix. First, Isaiah said fix your thoughts on Jesus and you'll have peace. And 700 plus years later, Paul says the same word. Fix your thoughts on a whole list of things. Say these words with me, everything in the list. On what is and, come on, help me, everybody, and, 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 think about the things that are what? Excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. Now, I try to do this exercise in my life daily. I try to think about something in the last 24 hours I can give God praise for. It might not have gone right for me 100% that day, Rarely it does, but there's always something. And you know what? If you're a believer, there is always something to be thankful for because the truth is my life might be really bad right now, but my God is really good always. I mean, I might be really, really sick and my God's a healer. I might be really, really broke, but my God is a provider. I might be really freaking out, but my God is peace. And if I will fix my thoughts and focus on him, there is always something to praise him for. And that's why I say this, write this down. If I fix my eyes on him, he'll focus his peace on me. That's the deal God's made with you. Fix your eyes on me, I'll send peace to you. Now, there's a difference in the peace of God and the peace of this world. There's completely different. Let me tell you, Jesus is so cool. I mean, he had it together and that he he had his own version and has his own version of peace. Watch this, John 14 and 27. Peace, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. What kind of peace, church? Say it with me. My peace. Jesus peace. I give you. And he, he clarified it in case you didn't get the point. I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. See, I'll tell you the definition of the world's peace is the absence of problems. That's the world's peace. I was freaking out about this. but The insurance covered what I was worried about. That's peace in our world. I thought I might lose my job. Turns out I got a pay raise and a promotion. That's peace in our world. I was looking at this Pretty girl across the, not me, honey, uh, but somebody else was. Looking at this pretty girl across the gym, turns out she gave me her number. That's peace for a lot of young single men, right? That's that's the version of peace. And that is why the world's peace is temporary. You, it's, it's never going to be permanent. It's 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 only as close as the circumstances you're dealing with right now. But perfect peace can only come from God. See, you can't have the world's peace and be broke at the same time. But I know by my personal experience, you can be broke and have the peace of God at the same time. You know how I know it? I did it. I wasn't like, let's be broke and try it. I just was broke, you know, and I tried it. And you can have the peace of God when things aren't going well for you. You can have prayers that you've prayed and you're dealing with the opposite of what you've asked and you can still have the peace of God. In fact... This is not an observation for me. This is a testimony I've lived out. In fact, the greatest times of peace in your life might be under the worst circumstances of your life. Let me talk to people who have lived in the faith for a long time. Let me talk specifically some of you in this room. You have been followers of Jesus for a long time. You've been through a lot of ups and downs. Have you been in that time of your life where what you needed? you were sure was the will of God what you hoped would happen you were praying about it you were doing all the right things and it didn't work out and, and, and it took you to a place that you were afraid of. You didn't want to go there. It's the worst thing for you. You're like, God, do this, fix this. And instead of it getting better, it went way over here to that scary place that you thought was going to be the end of you or, or chaos in your life. And strangely enough, I'm talking to people who followed Jesus a long time. Strangely enough, when you got over here to this scary place, it was just as scary as you thought. It was just as bad as you thought. And yet somehow deep down, you had a peace that passes all understanding. If that's you, if you've ever lived what I just described, I want you to testify right now. Hold up your hand and say it happens. A lot of people in this room. And I'm telling you that the peace of God is not the absence of turmoil in your life. There are times, in, see, see, there. Are, I've talked to a lot of believers that are simultaneously angry with God and close to God. You, at the same time, You know what brings you close to God? Chaos, trouble. You don't have to look very far. If you're a good father or a good mother, when everything's going great for your child, let's say your child's seven years old and Christmas came and they got the exact bicycle they wanted and they know how to ride that thing, it doesn't take them but a few seconds to get farther and farther and farther away from their mother or father because things are going great. They got what they wanted. Everything was perfect and they are wheeling it down the road. They don't need you anymore. But let that tire hit a rock and go end over end and scrape up that little boy. It won't be long and he's real close to the father or the mother. You are the same way. Your turmoil, your your chaos, the mess that we've been living in, God will use it to draw us close. And you can be, did you know you can be confused and be in the center of God's will? You can be frustrated and angry with God. My son, my eight-year-old, he'll get mad at me. He'll get mad because I have to tell him, no. You know, there's a thing that parents do. Some parents aren't aware of this where you say no. And, and that kid gets all freaked out and he gets mad. But I've noticed my son, when he, the madder he gets, the more he wants to come back and sit in my lap. He might do a little thing, a little number, or kick something or throw something. He wants to be back in my lap. And, and, and I found that I do the same thing with my father. And some of you today, can I tell you this? You need to rest in the lap of your father. You just need to draw close to him. You're not doing life wrong if you're saying, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're thinking. I want to tell you, something I learned a while back and I've been preaching it regularly. You don't have to understand God to experience God. I mean, you just throw up your hands and go, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you are. I'm just going to make a choice to believe that you are everything that your word says you are and I just trust you. It's a leap of faith and it draws you close to him. It's something the world didn't give you so the world can't take it away. See, the world's view of peace, if you're 55 years old, peace comes when the stock market rises because your 401k needs to land across the barrier, right? But real peace doesn't depend on the stock market. Real peace doesn't depend on who's in the White House. It doesn't depend on how your boss is treating you. It doesn't even depend on your marriage. That's the kind of peace that can only come from God. Jesus could give peace because Jesus is peace. You can't give what you don't have. And when you're trying to get peace from the circumstances of this world, you will always be dissatisfied because this world does not have peace. Jesus is peace. So he easily gives you peace. Give you an example of it. He's, He's in the boat with his disciples and a tornado storm, some kind of crazy hurricane comes up on the ocean, on the sea. And everybody's fighting for their life, trying to get the sails set right, trying to keep the boat from rocking over. Jesus is not just the chill guy in the corner telling everybody it's going to be okay. Jesus is literally sleeping. He's, he is peace. They wake him up and say, don't you care? Don't you notice? You see what's going on? Don't you care that we're about to drown? And Jesus says, peace. And he speaks to the waves and says, be still. And they freak out. They say, even the wind and the waves obey him. But listen, did you notice? They went through two storms that day. And some of you are in two storms right now. The first storm was the external storm, which was very obvious, winds and waves and Fear. But the bigger storm was an internal storm that says Jesus doesn't know. He's not paying attention and he doesn't even care. We are all in the external storm. Nobody's exempt. It's 2020, man. We don't know what's going to happen next. We're all in that together. But many of us in this room, watching online, we're in an internal storm. Did God not hear my prayer? Is my faith not real? Am I not doing it right? Is there something wrong with me? Is God angry with me? Does God even care? And I want to tell you, those questions are natural and they are normal. But you need to remember this about God. Number one, God is always present even when you don't see him. And number two, God is always peace. Because he can't not be what he is. If God is that that's why it never works to chase after things. But chase him. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all the things will be given to you. You're chasing money, you're chasing provision, you're chasing peace, you're chasing that next big thing in your life. Let me tell you, the richest man in the world was once asked, how much money is enough money? His answer was one more dollar. If you work hard, you're gonna make more money, you're gonna get a bigger platform, you're gonna, this is America, it works, okay? You work hard and it works for you. You will never, listen to me young people, you will never get to a place where there's plenty of money. Never get to a place where you got everything you want. If that becomes your focus, you'll never, ever get there. But if you decide, I'm going to let that be what it is, and I'm going to chase after the heart of God. I'm going to chase after the plan of God. I'm going to go after the will of God. Here's what you're going to find out. Jesus said, if you chase after me, all that other stuff you need will be added to your life. You don't even need to make it happen. And that's where peace comes from. So I want to walk you through a formula that you, I want you to take this home. This is, this is your formula of what to do to experience the peace of God. Now, when I write my messages, I send to the office my little points that I want people to follow up on, and I do that on Thursday. Well, then on Friday and Saturday, I preach the sermon to me, and sometimes it gets better. So it got better this time, and there's something I didn't put in your notes. It's a formula. It's a four-step formula to peace. You might want to write this down. Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. There's the first step. But in every situation by prayer, there's a second step in petition with thanksgiving. There's the third step present your request to God. And here's what you get for that. The peace of God, which transcends understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Here's what you do. You let go of anxiety, release anxiety. Let God have the anxiety. Quit thinking about it. Stop focusing on it. Stop wondering if it all goes wrong, what is going to happen to me? Number one, release anxiety. Number two, thank God for what he's already done. Thank him. Hasn't he been good? Have you stopped long enough to quit looking at what you hope he's going to do and thank him for what he's already done? Step number two, number one, release the anxiety. Number two, thank him for what he's already done. Number three, make your request. That's what it said right there in your, your Bible. Make your request. And number four, receive peace he says and the peace of God will guard you